good morning once more. The current time is now 9 a.m. on the nose on this Wednesday, the 12th of December. And welcome to Community Pulse, your locally produced program on the coronavirus pandemic here in mid-Missouri. As a reminder of our production schedule, you can catch Community Pulse live Mondays and Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. We then upload the backdated episodes to our website, kopn.org, also our Facebook feed, and you can find the entire catalog on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. On today's program, we have an oh-so-very important topic to discuss. Uh, It's winter, it's the height of a pandemic, and the volunteers in our community that help with the homeless situation, most specifically those who work at uh, Room at the Inn, have been so kind enough to join us this morning. So it'll be Debbie Graham, a member of the board for Room at the Inn, being interviewed by public health advocate Ginny Chadwick. First and foremost, uh, Debbie, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Glad to be here. Yes, thank you so much, Debbie. Um, I'm excited to talk about what's happening um, for this winter at Room in the Inn. So starting with the numbers, as we always do, um, looking at Matthew Holloway's data. And again, you know, this is an individual in the state of Missouri that has been tracking COVID since March the 7th, um, since we had our first case in the state of Missouri, and does um, reporting on his Facebook page. So just Matthew Holloway, H-O-L-L-O-W-A. A-Y, as we always report his numbers, um, he identified 4,582 cases um, yesterday with 69 jurisdictions reporting and 89 deaths. So looking at um, St. Louis County leading in the number of deaths at 11, Kansas City having 10, Greene County, which is where St. Uh, Springfield resides, had eight, St. Louis City, six, um, Audrain, Cape, St. Charles having five, St. Francis four. We are seeing just the death numbers in counties across the state rising. Um, Boone County did not report any deaths um, yesterday, but we did have two deaths earlier this week. Um, And so our average cases per day is currently over 4,000 new cases per day in the state of Missouri identified. And so we have a total of um, 352,637 cases that have been identified in the state of Missouri. And, you know, I often try to put my brain around what does that mean and how do we compare? So, like, the entire country of Canada has had far less cases than the state of Missouri. And, you know, I I read and I haven't verified this morning, but that, you know, there's over 160 countries in the world that have had fewer cases than just simply the state of Missouri. So, and with our death rate, we are averaging 80 deaths per day. That is obviously continuing to increase. And so we see that um, COVID-19 is continuing to hit the state of Missouri pretty hard. Um, When we look at Boone County numbers, um, so yesterday, um, we again reported just shy of 80 new cases of COVID-19 within the city or within the county of Boone. Um, We have um, just shy of a thousand active cases within Boone County. And um, currently we have 27 Boone County residents that are in the hospital. Um, The Columbia Missourian has a really Sorry, the Tribune, the um, Columbia Tribune has a really great article that kind of details out what's happening across the state. Um, Missouri cities 
161 additional COVID-19 deaths as of yesterday, um, which was what was reported by the state, not Matthew Holloway's data, so that's different. Um, the state is playing catch up on identifying some deaths that they had previously not identified um, uh, and backdating them, um, but but identifying them as of yesterday. So again, continuing to see death tolls um, rise in the state. So I do want to hop to our guest, and if we have more time at the end, then I'll talk a little bit more about what's happening um, nationally and around the globe and how that impacts us here in um, the KOPN listening region. But what I really want to talk about is room at the end. And Debbie, it sounds like you have been a part of Room at the End for a long time. So at first, can you tell our listeners, what is Room at the End? Uh, Room at the End is an emergency winter shelter. Uh, We only operate uh, between probably mid-December and uh, early to mid-March. And we have a very simple mission. It is to provide a warm and safe place to sleep for the unsheltered in Columbia, and we will open for the first time for the winter season of 2021 uh, this Sunday. All right, so December the 13th, you guys will open, and when Mm -hmm. you say open, um, you know, it sounds like many churches in our community have hosted Room at the End space, so where will Room at the End take place this year? Well, as Some of your listeners may be aware a lot of the churches in Columbia have gone to virtual services, and they have um, really limited access to their buildings. So some of many of our traditional host sites, um, which may be some of the larger churches in town, are not able to um, donate their space this year. But fortunately for us, Um, The good folks at the Unitarian Universalist Church have um, opened up their church building and are basically giving the use of it to Room at the Inn for our entire winter season. Um, We've also... Every single day, is that... Every single day, Okay, which is a huge gift. It is a huge Mm -hmm. gift and a huge service to the community. Um, We've also been able to lease the old Eastwood Motel, which is on the far east end of Business Loop 70. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, the the ownership of the hotel changed hands in September, and the new owners uh, were willing to let us do a short-term lease for four months. So we will be using Eastwood primarily for isolation and quarantine rooms and for our guests who may be at a higher risk for COVID than others because of age or medical conditions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to give the listeners a big picture reflection of what I'm hearing is so the shelter, the room at the end shelter, which is for overnight um, to, to house homeless, will start on um, December the 13th and it'll run through around mid March. And then mm-hmm. there's two locations. Um, so the Unitarian Universal Church, which is located at, at 2615 Shepherd Boulevard, so um, just off of Old 63, they will serve as the primary place that will host, host people every single night. And then 
the Eastwood Motel, which is located at 2518 Business Loop, um, 70 East, will also be a second location that has individual rooms. Is that right? Correct. That is correct. Um, and we, we also have arranged for an overflow just in case we have a winter where we get one of those 20-inch snowfalls or we have an ice mm-hmm. storm or we have um, some really severe cold, below zero type cold. Um, uh, Rockbridge Christian Church has offered the use of their fellowship hall um, so that we can add approximately another 16 beds there if we have to. Wow, that is awesome. So tell me, how many people can you um, sleep overnight at the Unitarian Church? We can, um, because we are following the CDC guidelines for shelters, um, we we are using the upstairs and downstairs at the Unitarian Church this year, which previously we had not. And mm-hmm. we, are, we are able to get um, 33 individuals in there. Um, mm-hmm. Each of the individuals spaced um, uh, at least 10 feet apart. Um, We've constructed some temporary partitions to give them a little bit um, more protection uh, from their neighbors. And um, we instituted some, uh, or will be instituting some rules that will be consistent with, um, with COVID management in the shelter. And I am sure that COVID has, you know, just turned things upside down in the way that maybe the system has always worked, right? So, yes, that is absolutely true. (laughs) Tell us a little bit, because, I mean, you've said, you know, you're doing partitions, but I know that you're doing so much more than just partitions. And and it's great to hear that there's, you know, the upstairs and downstairs to space people out. So, from start to finish, what does that check-in process look like now? And, and and how do they, you know, how do individuals interact within the space? Well, um, I don't know if, if, if you have volunteered at Room at the Inn in the past, or I'm sure some of your listeners have. Um, a lot of what we've done in the past is going to have to change. Um, we're still going to be picking up at Lowe's and Fishes uh, in the evening, which is at 7th and Wilkes. Um, so we will still be able to up. provide... And you provide transportation. Yes, people. we're yep. we're still in the process of firming that up. But yeah, there will be um, a van or um, a, a, a vehicle of some kind because the Unitarian Church would be uh, quite a long walk from Seventh mm-hmm. um, and Wilkes down downtown um, to the Unitarian Church on Shepherd Boulevard, and uh, so we will be providing transportation. Um, in the evening, uh, and again, we'll be picking up at uh, Wilkes after uh, they've um, had the opportunity to take advantage of the meal at Loaves and Fishes and take them over to uh, the shelter at um, the Unitarian Church. Um, uh, We will also provide transportation the following morning back to the downtown area or back to Turning Point, which is also located at Wilkes Boulevard Methodist Church. Um, We're going to be instituting some screening procedures, which uh, we're working with Turning Point on that right now, since they are screening many of these same individuals uh, when they are accessing the services at Turning Point during the day. Um, So if they have identified an individual who 
they suspect may be symptomatic, although they're not running a fever or something, we will not take them to the Unitarian Church. We will take them directly to Eastwood. Mm -hmm. And I know in past years, when we think about the logistics of transportation, that um, I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that the city had provided maybe bus passes for individuals. Is that something that we're still doing or... um, because well, I'm sure that transportation um, is a huge issue, yeah. right? It, it is an issue for a lot of low-income folks. And mm-hmm. um, fortunately, through the end of the year, um, riding on city buses, there's no cost to ride on city buses. Mm-hmm. So, um, But unfortunately for our guests at the Interior Church, the, there is no bus route that goes directly to uh, that area so we, we, when we use the Unitarian Church, we know that we will be providing transportation there and back to the downtown area. Yeah. Okay, so what are the, the hours or times that people who might need this space can use it? The Unitarian Shelter will be open from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So we have not, char- we've not changed those hours at all. Um, for the folks at the Eastwood, especially those who we've identified as high risk or those who are COVID positive or should be in isolation because of exposure, we are um, staffing that that facility um, 24-7. So we will have staff on hand seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and we are encouraging or will be encouraging those folks to stay put, and we will make sure that um, they uh, receive um, meals uh, in their rooms and uh, try to, you know, take care of any other services that they might need. And, of course, we can't force anyone to stay um, in mm-hmm. in the room, but we are going to encourage them, especially if they're positive, to stay in the room. And, and we, will, many, we will take yeah. care of their needs. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. How many guests can the Eastwood Hotel hold? Uh, we can um, right now accommodate between 35 and 37. Okay. So almost as many as at the Unitarian Church. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so as you have shown through walking through what's available, this obviously takes a tremendous amount of community resources. What yes. are the ways that you get resources now, and what are the needs that Room at the Inn has, especially this year? Um, Well, you know, normally uh, we are primarily staffed by volunteers. Um, We do have paid staff that uh, supervise the volunteers and and supervise the guests. Um, But this year, because of COVID, so many of our volunteers are retirees, so they are going to fall into that high-risk category for exposure. Um, So we are anticipating that we will not have as many volunteers as in the past, and we are hiring more staff to kind of take up some of that slack, Um, but we do still need um, some help in the shelter and also with our food preparation because we will be um, providing meals that are um, as low contact as possible and distributing 
distributing the meals in as low contact a way as possible to the guest. So what we're envisioning is uh, a, a crew of folks coming in um, and they can either use a church kitchen, kitchen or there is a kitchen at the Eastwood. There used to be a, an Indian takeout restaurant there. And um, um, so they can use that kitchen to prepare meals. They would just need to um, go to our Remedian Como uh, website and sign up there. We also need laundry volunteers because we do generate a lot of laundry, and uh, we try to make sure that everyone has uh, clean linens at least every um, four to five days if they're staying with us long term, like some of the folks at Eastwood will be. And so we have a, a, a laundry volunteer sign up uh, for folks who will take dirty linens um, to um, the loading dock at University Hospital, uh, where they are laundered in Jefferson City, and then pick up the clean linens when they're returned and make sure they get where they need to go between the two shelter sites. Um, so and we do have reiterate. we do have a need for some volunteers in the shelter as well, but um, we would encourage our younger volunteers to be those folks, um, and they would just assist with, uh, you know, making sure the meals get out and refilling coffee and that kind of stuff. So room at the inn, R O O M A T T. H-E-I-N-N, Como.org is the website, and we Mm -hmm. will make sure to get that posted on our Facebook page for KOPN for our listeners. That would be great. um, There is a volunteer um, page on the website to sign up, and it sounds like in the past years you guys did have overnight shifts maybe for volunteers, and that Mm -hmm. is not going to be the case this year. Is that if uh, volunteers are interested in volunteering overnight, we would certainly welcome them. Um, mm-hmm. But again, we're, we, we're, we're trying to use volunteers where we think they would be uh, um, the most, the most safe and could, you know, could be self-isolated as much as possible. And those earlier shifts during the evening and early morning shifts are probably the, the best shifts for that. So if you're a younger KOPN listener and you have um, <laughs> some desire to help out our community in the most positive way, um, you know, I think that oftentimes in many of the aspects of our community, our elder population is really the ones that are providing so much volunteer work yes, in our community. You. And they are the at-risk population now. And so it is time for us, as I speak as a not young but younger population, for us <laughs> to step up and um, support these amazing things that are happening in our community. And I will admit, I have not volunteered at Room in the Inn, at room at the end before, and now I really want to. Um, well, now's your year. <laughs> it, it sounds like it is. Okay. If people don't feel comfortable volunteering, what are other ways that they could contribute to Room at the Inn? We have a in-kind donation list also on our website. Um, so any of those items would be, be welcomed if they wanted to donate those items. Um, and again, because Eastwood is going to be um, staffed 24-7 beginning uh, on Sunday, um, that's going to be our drop-off location for donations like that. 
Um, we are also participating in Como Gives um, and support through that um, donation portal has just been overwhelming so far. We've we've seen a huge um, outpouring of support through Como Gives, and and when Como Gives uh, ends at at the end of the year, um, we we have another uh, way that you can donate online um, through a GoFundMe account and. Uh, and that would be helpful. Or you can just send a donation to our, our uh, P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 272, and it's Columbia 65205. Awesome. So, again, that is also on the website on donating financial resources or supplies. And, you know, this year with COVID, there's obviously the need for operational supplies, for cleaning supplies, mm-hmm. um, things to provide the meals. Now, do you guys normally provide the meals, or is this a unique thing to the Eastwood location? Um, we normally have um, uh, sandwiches out at night because even even if um, our guests have eaten at Lowe's and Fishes, um, I don't think people are aware of how much energy it takes to be outside in the elements all day long. There have been studies that indicated that an unsheltered individual will will go will burn through three thousand calories in a day, um, and that's just because they are always outside. They're usually walking to wherever they need to go because they don't have transportation. So, for them to be eating almost continuously until they go to bed is not unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the past, we've just put food out on a big table, and they've been able to kind of graze as they wanted and get what they wanted. And this year, it will be different just because we're going to have to um, serve everything to them and not have like a community coffee pot where they can get their own refills. We'll have to mm-hmm. get a new cup and refill it for them. And um, it's it's going to be a little bit different, but we are going to do our best to to keep them well-fed and to keep them um, with as much hot hot coffee as they would like to drink through the course of the evening and in the morning. And Debbie, you indicated that you have been involved in the Room at the End for many years. Tell me a little bit about the history of of its involvement. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, um, it kind of grew actually in, in this um, this um, is kind of a, a well-known uh, story among uh, the folks at Missouri United Methodist Church. Uh, the, the downtown pastors were um, having a, a, a coffee meeting at one of the uh, the local coffee places downtown, and um, this happened in 2008. And the, the senior minister at Missouri United Methodist Church, Jim Bryant, said uh, noticed a homeless person coming in who was just looked like uh, he was about to freeze. His face was red. He was obviously, uh, you know, chilled to the bone. And, and the, the folks at the coffee shop were nice enough to let him come in and get a cup of coffee and sit down and warm up. And the pastors uh, began to talk about what would happen at night. And there was a, a general feeling that um, something, someone ought to do something. And so Jim went back to his office and uh, just um, 
had a had a, a calling to send out a, a email to his church membership uh, with the proposal that they open their church for the homeless to sleep in until this particularly frigid part of winter was over. And he really did not know what kind of reaction he would get. And he became occupied doing something else, as, as preachers will do. And he started noticing that his computer was chiming one chime after another. And within a couple of hours, he had 150 positive responses from his membership. And that's how Ramathian was born. Um, Missouri United Methodist opened up their building uh, for a few nights. And uh, after they finished their commitment, Calvary Episcopal across the street from them opened up for a couple of nights. And it, it stayed a downtown uh, focus for a couple of years. And then um, it was recognized that the need was great enough that it was going to require more participation from other faith communities. So it, it grew, and we eventually grew to the point where we were able to stay open for this extended length of time. Um, the only downside is that we don't have a permanent location usually, so we mm-hmm. transition from church usually gymnasiums, to church gymnasium throughout the winter. Um, but um, that's been that's been our model up until this year. Um, and I've, I've really got to say, none of us are going to miss picking up and packing up and moving every two weeks. <laughs> that, part is, that part is something we will not miss. But, um, but that's the way it's worked up until this year. And we anticipate that once, once COVID has passed and we've all been vaccinated or been exposed and have developed um, enough herd immunity that that's the model that we will go back to. We will go from church to church and um, until there's eventually a, a permanent structure built somewhere. Yeah. And again, the Unitarian Church stepping up this year to provide their space every night of the week um, for our homeless population has been fabulous. I do want to just talk about testing for a moment in Boone County and kind of get your thoughts on how that is coordinated with the room at the end effort. So um, the health department has now pinned at the top of their Facebook page um, how you get tested. And I know that as case rates rise and our positivity rate stays as high as it is, we can only continue to encourage people to get tested. Boone Hospital and MU Healthcare both provide testing sites that are open. Um, Boone Hospitals is open from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday and 8 to 12 on Saturdays um, at 1504 um, East Broadway. And then um, MU Healthcare offers the drive-through testing site at Mizzou North on the business loop. Um, at 11.15 Business Loop, um, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturdays from 8 to noon. There is no testing in the city of Columbia or Boone County that I'm aware of on Sundays. So how individuals get tested um, in an additional Spaces that they can get tested. The National Guard is providing testing at um, Memorial Baptist Church, which is at 1634 uh, Paris Road, uh, every Monday from 10 to 5. And you do not need a doctor's order. Uh, you do need to register online. Um, and the website for registration is on the Boone County Health Department's Facebook page. 
In addition to that, Hy-Vee Pharmacy is also offering drive-through testing on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. and on Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. And you don't need a doctor's orders for that either. And you can just register by the link that's on um, the Boone County Health Department's Facebook page. We have a positivity rate, um, and I know that our listeners have heard me say this before, but we have a positivity rate higher than we've ever had. We have a 36.5% positivity rate. That means there's broad community spread. World Health Organization says anything above 5% means we don't know where all COVID is. And as we go out into the general population, um, we have risk. And, you know, last week we lost a member of our KOPN community, um, mm-hmm. which I'm so saddened by. And, and this week, you know, our journalism community lost a spouse. And so it is hitting every one of us um, across the country. And we have to and can do more. Um, so obviously wear your mask, um, keep distanced and get tested. You know, and so last thought, Debbie, you know, as we want to know where this virus is, do we know ways that the homeless population can get tested? Uh, They can use those resources that you just listed there. Um, I know that some of some of um, the homeless population has taken advantage of those opportunities. Um, As you can imagine, it's not always easy to contact trace Mm -hmm. someone who is unsheltered. So Room at the End will be taking um, all the precautions that we can to keep our staff and our guests and um, our volunteers who come out to help us as safe as possible through the season. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing um, Room at the End opening up this week on December the 13th, a place for people um, from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. at the Unitarian Church. and the website, again, roomattheincomo.org. Thanks, Debbie. I appreciate it, Jenny. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Jenny Chadwick. Uh, thank you to Debbie Graham as well. She is the uh, board member there at Room at the Inn. That is our <clears throat> the rotating homeless shelter here in Columbia, Missouri, still operating in these difficult and uncertain times. If you happen to miss any portion of that conversation, uh, no worries. We will have it posted to our website, our Facebook feed, and you can find it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. In addition to that, we will, of course, post the links about how you can volunteer. If you haven't already, I'm sure that we have many KOPN listeners who are already volunteers uh, in our community, and particularly at Room at the Inn. So the next time that we will be coming to you live will be Monday at 9 a.m. with Mallory Daly and Dr. Elizabeth Alleman. Until then, we bid you a pleasant weekend. Please stay safe and stay informed, Columbia.